You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We're going to catch up on all the news going on around the conference, including Tennessee making their defensive coordinator hire official. Gus Malzahn headed to UCF and much, much more. Also, former Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian caught up with a buddy of mine and talked about everything uh, from what he learned from Nick Saban, as well as his thoughts on Tua as an NFL quarterback and why he chose the Texas job. We'll let you hear a little bit of that. And winding down the SEC basketball season, we've got a slate of games tonight and tomorrow. We'll take a look at those as well. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. We will, uh, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump right into it. Tons to get into. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. Tennessee officially announced their new defensive coordinator, Tim Banks. Took long enough for them to find their man, but they got him. Banks has. Plenty of experience as a coordinator. He spent the past five seasons at Penn State. Prior to that, he was the defensive coordinator at Illinois from 2012 to 2015. The Vols officially announced the hiring on Monday evening. Josh Heupel said in a press release, Tim brings great energy, passion, and experience to the Tennessee football family. His defenses are known for their aggressive style as well as their multiple coverages and fronts. He has coached in big games and has a proven track record of success on the field. And in recruiting, I know our student-athletes are going to enjoy playing for him. We're fortunate to have someone with Tim's experience and caliber leading our defense. Took long enough, but they have their man. And now it would appear Josh Heupel will focus on installing his offense and coaching his quarterbacks as he did at UCF. And Tim Banks will handle the defense for the Vols. This one, not so much an SEC note, but a former SEC head coach as Former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn landed the Central Florida head coaching job. So Josh Heupel from UCF to Tennessee, Gus Malzahn from Auburn to UCF. I think Dan Walken (laughs) said on Twitter, Gus Malzahn would have made 100 times more sense for Tennessee than Josh Heupel. Instead, he ends up replacing Heupel and Central Florida upgrades. Uh, There was a report yesterday that uh, Central Florida is expected to hire Travis Williams as its defensive coordinator. It's a former Auburn linebacker who was Gus Malzahn's co-DC and linebacker's coach at Auburn. He had recently been hired as a linebacker's coach in Miami, but Travis Williams is going to go join Gus over at UCF. It's just going to be weird seeing Gus Malzahn over there for Central Florida, but man, he's got an opportunity to really uh, make some noise, and those fans at UCF should be excited, but a really awkward moment at the introductory press conference the other day as a media member, kind of uh, let Gus know what he's walking into. You've dealt with fanatic fans, obviously, at Auburn, but do you have a, a good grasp of the pressure cooker you're walking into here? You know, I, I, I love, do I? I mean, I love, I love expectations. I mean, I'm a dreamer. I mean, I want our players to dream. I want our fans to dream. A little bit of a weird moment there. <laughs> Higher expectations at Central Florida than at Auburn? Well, there's a reason why they let him go and paid him an absurd amount of a buyout to get him out of Auburn. Expectations are high there. You think expectations at Central Florida are going to be higher? Goodness gracious. 
Over at Georgia, wide receiver Demetrius Robertson, he has been arrested and released for a stolen parking boot incident. According to a police report obtained by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Robertson, who was a fifth-year senior from Savannah, was issued two arrest warrants Thursday by Georgia police alleging theft by taking and interference with government property. The theft charge for the missing wheel clamp boot valued at over $700. That's a misdemeanor. The other charge is a felony. According to the Banner Herald, Robertson was booked in the Henry County Jail, was released on bond. He is the owner of a gray 2017 Dodge Charger that was booted by parking services in the east end of Georgia's East Campus parking deck back on February 5th. The parking deck manager told police that sometime between then and 8 a.m. February 8th, both the car and the parking boot were missing from that space. So I don't know if he got somebody to tow it for him or what, but he got his car back, but took the government property with it in the boot. So the court issued an arrest warrant, brought him in. Georgia did not respond to a request seeking comment from Coach Kirby Smart, but Demetrius Robinson played in his fifth collegiate season last year. He intends to return to Georgia to take advantage of the additional season of eligibility given to uh, all sports athletes by the NCAA with COVID-19 and all that, but we'll see if uh, Georgia keeps him around. Again, misdemeanor and a felony, but uh, when you read the details, it's not like it's that crazy what happened, but uh, Demetrius Robinson... Interesting. Over at Florida, their former uh, cornerback, C.J. Williams, announced on Instagram yesterday that he's going to transfer to Purdue for his sixth season of college football eligibility. McWilliams entered the transfer portal back in January after spending five years in Gainesville. He only played in one game during the 2020 season before he opted out for uh, due to the pandemic. At Purdue, McWilliams will reunite with former Georgia safeties coach Ron English. Over at Mizzou, Jack Buford, former four-star offensive lineman in the 2019 class. He was the second-highest-rated player in Mizzou's 2019 class, behind the likes of quarterback Connor Bazelak. He opted out of the 2020 season, and now it seems like he'll be looking for a new home. He did not appear in any games in 2019, opted out last year. Where he will end up, we will see as he enters the transfer portal. He was the number 21 offensive guard in the 2019 signing class. Crazy weather around the South has a lot of teams adjusting on the fly for the start of SEC baseball season this weekend. Mississippi State was set to open its 2021 season on Friday at the State Farm College Showdown, but the three-day event in Arlington, Texas will be pushed back a day to Saturday starting on that day because of inclement weather. State's weekend schedule is now simply backed up a day. They will begin Saturday at 11 uh, Central against Texas. Then they'll play TCU Sunday at 11 and Texas Tech on Monday at 11. So a good early season test for a highly ranked Mississippi State baseball team. Meanwhile, LSU, they've adjusted their starting times for their baseball games because of weather on Friday and Saturday. Uh, LSU will now play Air Force in its season opener at 4 p.m. Central on Friday instead of the original night game. And then their Saturday game against Notre Dame has also been moved up to 4 p.m. Central. So... Expected cold weather in Baton Rouge both nights, so they said let's uh, move those games up and play in the sunlight. One other note on LSU baseball, their uh, famed Alec Box Stadium, normally a stadium that can hold over 10,000 fans, and on a normal weekend they do pack that place, but the program announced a uh, 25% capacity cap to start the 2021 baseball season. So, again, it's kind of what we've seen across the SEC, a lot of 
stadiums going anywhere from 20 to 25 percent capacity but we'll see as the virus or the uh vaccine gets more well distributed maybe we'll have uh those numbers increase as the baseball season gets going uh, a couple notes real quick on spring games spring football is back in gainesville florida as uh spring football typically starts in march but the gators are going to host their first practice starting this week february 18th it's nearly a full month before last year's start date of of march 16th but uh, Florida taking advantage, moving the date up because they're not going to play their orange and blue game for the second straight year. A lot of Florida fans are very upset over that. But they will resort to scrimmages similarly to how it was handled last year. So uh, no orange and blue game in the spring for the Gators. Georgia is still planning to have their G-Day on April 17th. Reports say that they're going to do kind of the same thing of same attendance-wise that they had for the football season this year, they're going to do for their uh, spring game coming up on April 17th. And that is around the conference. A lot to uh, discuss. we got a lot more to uh, get into as the week rolls along. Quick reminder, we're going to catch up with Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball on tomorrow's show. Kind of get a primer for the opening SEC Baseball weekend coming up on uh, Friday. When we return, uh, a good buddy of mine was able to catch up with Steve Sarkeesian yesterday, former Alabama offensive coordinator. And he touched on a couple things everywhere from uh, what he learned from Nick Saban and much, much more. That's next. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. We tell you all the time, they've got new and amazing flavors that you can check out on their website at BuiltBar.com. Look, I'm sitting at work the other day and I'm watching some of my coworkers chow down on snack foods while they're sitting at their desk, put it that way, cookies and uh, chips and all these ridiculously bad things for you might have recommend a built bar they are delicious bars covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew but they are low calorie low in sugar high in protein high in fiber great for something if you uh, are looking for a post-workout treat or just something uh, to keep the uh the bear away from uh, your hunger in the afternoons uh, BuiltBar.com is the website. You can check them out right now. And the thing that I always recommend, look, they got 18 amazing flavors. All of them are good, but you're going to have one that is your favorite. Try the variety pack when you check out. Uh, put that in, and uh, you can at least get a taste of every different flavor they have. And then when you find your favorite, well, you know what to order in the future. But check them out at BuiltBar.com. And before you hit that checkout button, make sure you use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, we're covering everything you need to know about the SEC, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. My good buddy uh, Sean Salisbury had a chance to uh, catch up with new Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian yesterday and touched on a number of topics, including why he chose this job now. Remember, Sark's name was being thrown around for a lot of SEC jobs. Some thought maybe Auburn might be a gig he would take, among some other ones out there, but Steve uh, explains why he chose the Texas job. Also, touches on, uh, Sean asked him, What's the biggest thing you learned from coaching under Nick Saban the last handful of years? He answers that. And he asked him about Tua Tagovailoa and what's the ceiling for him and expectations for his career in the NFL. All that 
with our buddy Sean Salisbury catching up with Steve Sarkeesian. Here was Steve, first off, asked about why take this Texas job and leave Alabama now. I've been fortunate in my career to be around some tremendous programs. When you start talking about, you know, the USC's, the University of Washington's, the University of Alabama's, you know, the, and now to be at the University of Texas, um, I kind of, I kind of like it that way. I, I kind of like the expectations. I kind of like um, recognizing that, uh, you know, of, of what we're trying to get done and what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that goes back to the last couple of years. I've had some different job opportunities come my way. That, uh, that I said no to. Um, and then when the University of Texas came my way, it was, it was a yes. And so I think I recognized what the job is about. Um, but then you kind of push those expectations to the side and you focus on the day-to-day and you do the best you can developing your players. Uh, you try to recruit the best players you can to fit the program and the university. And then, you know, on game day, you want to put your best foot forward, you know, as many times as you can, you know, one Saturday after another. Will we see now the production? Obviously, you got to coach them up, and it's new. And when you go through the recruits, will we see a similar uh, your offensive approach? And how much insight will you have on calling the plays uh, as opposed to the coordinator? And what kind of offense will we see at the University of Texas? Yeah, so our offensive coordinator is Kyle Flood. Um, Kyle Flood, you know, offensive offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Kyle has been with me now for the last five years. So we were together for two years in Atlanta with the Falcons. He came with me to uh, to Alabama for two years, and now he's here. So we've got great rapport. Um, I will, I'll inevitably call the plays on game day, um, but definitely will lean on Kyle, um, especially when you start talking the run game and things of that nature. And that's how we've been here for the last four years of, of working together. Um, the reality of it is I, I think we're pretty versatile. You know, Sean, like, when you watch our offense two years ago with Tua and all those wideouts, we were a lot more spread out, right. big RPO offense. And, and then, and then this past year with Mac, especially, you know, when, when Waddle went down, we were in a lot of two tight end sets and we were utilizing a lot of play action pass and, and running the football and, and creating, you know, one-on-one isolation matchups with wideouts or slot formations and stack formations and different things. So, I think the one beauty of the system that we have is we are pretty versatile. Um, the, the key to the drill for us is assessing our roster and then realizing, you know, okay, what is best for our football team and then kind of navigate the offense that way. We're still going to be very aggressive. We're still going to believe in running the football. We're still going to believe in trying to put our wideouts in the best position to, to create explosive plays, trying to catch the ball on the move. Exactly how that's going to look it remains to be seen based off of, the roster and the strengths and in and, and trying to put our players in the best position to be successful. University of Texas head football coach, a couple more minutes, Steve Sarkeesian joins us. Sark, what's the number one thing you learned from, from uh, Nick Saban? Well, geez, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's like right. 1A, 1B, 1C, right? Right. Um, I, I think he does a tremendous job, um, one of instilling mental and physical toughness into his teams. Um and I think that's from the top down. I think it starts with him, but I do believe, you know, the assistant coaches, the leaders, the players, the seniors on the team instill that in the younger players. I, I do think he does a tremendous job of that. Uh, I think from a philosophical standpoint, I think he really knows who he is um, and, and exactly how quickly and or how long it took him to get there. Um, but, you know, Alabama's really his, what is that, one, two, three, four, fifth head coaching job. Right. Um, and – you know, I think he's got a real belief in who he is and what he wants it to look like and, and how he's going to get to where he wants to get to to get himself in position to win at the end of every year.
And, you know, when I was a young coach at 33 going to the University of Washington, I thought I knew, you know, and I just left Pete Carroll and I thought I knew. And now, you know, 13, 14 years later, it's like, okay, now I really know. Now I really know what I want this to look like. And and you don't have those, you know, one week we're going to do it this way, the next week we're going to do it that way, or one year we're going to do it this way, the next year we're going to do it that way. A guy like like Nick Saban, it is what he it is what it is, and he goes about his business the way he goes about it. And I think for me, that gave me a lot of really good kind of validity on you. Just trust your gut, you trust in your beliefs, and in the end, you know, if you do it the right way and you bring in good people, you get the results you're looking for. Let me end with this: take yourself out of the head coaching role. You're a quarterback coach right now and a coordinator. Tatua, you coached him. What kind of player is he going to be in the NFL? You know, I, I loved coaching Tua. Tua was probably, and I've been lucky, Sean, you know this. I mean, I've been around some great quarterbacks, man, going back to Carson Palmer, right. Liner, Sanchez, Jake Locker, Matt Ryan, Tua, Mac Joe. I mean, I, I've been lucky. Tua is probably the most instinctful guy I've ever coached. I mean, he really has tremendous football instincts. Um, and I think it, it always, especially in this day and age, what's happening in college football and then the transition to the NFL. Um, I, I, w- I, was, I was just thinking, I said, if I ever went back to the NFL, that would have come. I was thinking this a couple of years ago. I think we have to shift a little how we're starting to coach these college guys as they're coming into the NFL because they're so instinctual. And I'm assuming Deshaun's that way. I've never worked with him, but I kind of watch how he plays. I look at Pat Mahomes. You know, I look at the kind of this new generation of quarterback. They're not the Peyton Mannings, the the Drew Brees, the Tom Brady's that are just the technicians studying it, knowing every detail and protection, they play ball, you know? Right. And, and I think we got to be careful not taking their stinger. You know, we got to let them play. And I think that's a little bit of the beauty of what Andy Reid has done with Pat Mahomes. I know the Super Bowl didn't go well, but but the enemy and, and, and Andy Reid, they don't they don't take Pat Stinger from them. You know, I mean he they let him play. And there's a there's a lot of ad lib going in there, and he's making those plays. And I think that would allow Tua to to transition back to him to be at his best. I think you have to allow the instincts to come out, and you you can't keep them in a box um, that way. And I think in general, that's a lot of these young guys coming in the NFL right now. The way college offenses has gone, the way these kids have grown up playing seven on seven in high school football, and now into college, I think. You got to give them. You got to give them a little more freedom. You got to let them play a little bit more. That again, Steve Sarkeesian, speaking with my buddy uh, Sean Salisbury on uh, the Sean Salisbury Show. Appreciate uh, him for uh, sharing that audio with us. When we return, we'll do a quick look at the SEC basketball games happening today and tomorrow. A lot of games. We'll talk to them all. A bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, football is over now. But we got the NBA, we got college basketball winding down, tons of SEC basketball games happening today and tomorrow and this weekend. Everything is in full swing. You want to go check out betonline.ag and uh, make some bets tonight. Look, they have even cover things outside of the sports world. If you're not, uh, if you're into betting some of those things like award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all that kind of stuff, they have there for you. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website right now. You can use your phone, your mobile device, your tablet, your uh, computer, whatever you want to use to sign up. 
Just head to betonline.ag and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's 5 on your first deposit. All you got to do is put in the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps. Do that at betonline.ag. They're going to hook you up with a 50% welcome bonus. We tell you all the time, BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we got a lot of SEC hoops action going on tonight and uh, tomorrow night, so uh, tons of stuff to uh, get into as we uh, look ahead to the slate. So let's uh, preview those very quickly tonight at uh, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network from Memorial Gymnasium in Nashville. It'll be 6-13 and 13, Kentucky taking on 6-10 and 10, Vanderbilt in the conference. Kentucky is 5-7, and seven, so they're fighting to get back to 500 and be a little bit respectable and make a case for themselves to make the postseason. Vanderbilt, they're 2-8 and eight in the conference, but uh, they're just trying to finish this same thing strong as season did not go how they wanted at Vanderbilt, but uh, looking at the betonline.ag line, Kentucky is around a three to four point favorite if you want to get on in on that one, but big game for Kentucky. They have got to win this one on the road at Vandy. Later tonight, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern on the SEC Network. It'll be South Carolina, who is three and seven in the conference. Only five and nine overall. They've just season has been so sidetracked for them with COVID issues and missing games and postponements and all that. They're heading on the road on the road to Thompson Bowling Arena to take on number 19 ranked Tennessee in Knoxville. Tennessee 14 and five overall, seven and five in the SEC. They are a double digit favorite tonight, so Vols heavy if you want to bet on them. But uh, Tennessee absolutely needs to get back on the uh, winning track after falling to LSU on the road this past weekend. They win this one tonight. That'll go to eight and five in the SEC, and they're right there fighting for a uh, high seeding. They finish strong in the conference. I think they very well could get a, uh, a top four seed, but we will see. Tomorrow, a little bit of an interesting afternoon basketball in the SEC. This week's game between Texas A&M and Alabama has been moved to tomorrow, Thursday at two p.m. Central. 3 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network. It will be televised from Reed Arena, but 2-6 Texas A&M playing host to 12-1 Alabama. The Tide are number 8 in the country, so they fall or jump into that top 10 in the rankings this week. And they've been steamrolling just about everybody. In fact, there's, um, as I'm looking at right now, not even a line on this game, but Alabama going to be a heavy favorite on the road against Texas A&M. And Really a chance for Alabama to finish strong in these last couple games. I know LSU's kind of knocking at the door in the standings, but Alabama's kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack. So they win a couple more SEC games. That's it. They basically wrap up the SEC regular season title here uh, in the next couple of games with some W's. And Alabama trying to get in as a top uh, top two seed in the tournament. See uh, how strong they can finish the season and how high they can get in the NCAA tournament. Another afternoon game uh, tomorrow on the SEC Network, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
It'll be uh, eight and four LSU taking on seven and six Ole Miss at the Pavilion at Ole Miss. That is a uh, makeup game, kind of of uh, LSU not having a game this week and schedules getting shifted around. So they said, all right, LSU is playing Ole Miss, so they're going to play that game in Oxford tomorrow at four o'clock Central, uh, and then another game at four o'clock Central tomorrow on ESPNU from Auburn Arena. It'll be. 5-8 and eight, Mississippi State taking on 5-8 and eight, Auburn. Mississippi State, one of those teams that they can put this thing together and win a couple more games. Maybe, just maybe, and you win a couple games in the SEC tournament, they'll have a chance to be one of those bubble teams. So an opportunity for Mississippi State. Auburn, as we know, not going uh, to the tournament this year with uh, their sanction. But uh, an opportunity for Auburn to play spoiler, perhaps, against Mississippi State. But both teams, identical SEC records at 5-8 and eight, and identical 11-11 and 11 records overall. So a lot of fun to get some uh, afternoon basketball tomorrow. Uh, if you're uh, knocking off work early, go catch a little bit of a happy hour and <laughs> go watch Alabama and A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, and State against Auburn. And so that was all your SEC hoops games happening uh, tonight and tomorrow. And again, we'll get a whole slate of games happening this weekend as well. So, going to be a lot of fun as the season winds down here, and a lot of teams fighting for playoff or uh, NCAA seeding positioning. We'll see how many SEC teams we get. I st- I think we'll get a handful in. I think we we will get a handful in when all is said and done. But as we know, that this conference has a chance to cannibalize itself at times when you play uh, so many. Uh, conference games and there's some good teams some middle of the pack teams that can on any given night just upset you so anyway that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing to Locked On SEC we'll be back tomorrow Kendall Rogers D1 Baseball is going to join us to preview the SEC Baseball opening weekend speaking of good teams in the SEC there's a lot of them my goodness in the top 20 top 10 top 5 SEC teams loaded with talent this year. We'll preview it all tomorrow. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great night.